Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to the Animal Files. How is everybody doing? How was your holiday? Did you have a great Christmas? I hope you had a fabulous Christmas. But now it is time to look for the new year. It is coming. It will be here in a week. And we need to talk about how this affects your animals. Our partying. We get excited. New year, new resolutions, all that stuff. And our animals have to be around us and that can be tough for them. So let's talk about some of the things that go on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, and how we can protect our animals, how we can support them when the world is partying. (laughs) Because there's no place on this planet that's not party on New Year's Eve. So what are some of the things that we need to think about and be conscious of when it comes to our animals as we are celebrating? We're going to cover a few things, but I think the three biggest areas that we need to pay attention to is the fireworks and the parties, Mm -hmm. the drinks and the food. Ah, yes, definitely. We don't want, (laughs) we don't, we don't want any of our animals getting poisoned or eating things they're not supposed to and end up having to go to the vet in an emergency setting. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the massive one that is all around the alcohol Uh, and the marijuana. uh, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, now that it's becoming more legal in a lot of places, it is definitely something that we have to pay attention to. Yeah, and a lot of people definitely like to include those in their parties. So the thing is, is that once we start drinking alcohol and getting marijuana in our system, we can become more lax in our behaviors and what we're doing and not paying attention to what's going on around us as much. Mm-hmm. And this can be a really big problem when you have animals. So it's really important to prepare ahead of time and kind of create a situation that is going to help prevent your animals from being able to get into these things. Mm-hmm. You know, alcohol might be maybe a little bit easier because it might be up on tables or counters or something like that, but it could also be on coffee tables and curious dog or cat might walk by the table or hop up in the table and be like, hmm, what's this? And try to lap up a little. Yeah. Recently, we talked about that one chihuahua that you heard about that had a little bit of alcohol and actually ended up. Yeah. It ended up in a coma. Yeah. That's scary. Mm-hmm. That's really scary because their bodies can't metabolize the components the way a human body is. And it also can't accept the quantities that a human body can either. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And then, of course, a lot of people who are regular marijuana users, they normally keep their stash like in close proximity to them, like whether in a box or whatever. So like on the coffee table, it could be you can have your products in very easy proximity to your animals. And oh yeah, as we are celebrating, as we are partying and all excited and hanging out with friends, a lot of stuff can get overlooked. So maybe finding a place like maybe the room where you do that, have that separated from the animals, Mm, you know, something like just don't have it right out in the middle of everything where your animals can get to it. Yeah. And you've got to make sure that you're communicating with any guests that you have. So if you do have a room that is going to be the alcohol and marijuana room or the party room, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) that they know ahead of time before they become intoxicated that you go into this room, you make sure that the door gets closed, that no animals go in there. 
make sure they really understand that beforehand. Yeah. But of course, I'm going to bring it up. Maybe you don't want to have to have a big party. We're still <laughs> dealing with something called the pandemic. So not only do we have to keep our animals safe, we have to keep ourselves safe. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe adjust your expectations a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. But of course, this isn't going to be just for this year. It's for any years coming up. So true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're not having a party this year, hang on to this information, take it down, write it in your notebook and save it for next year. So some of these things can also come in other forms, like marijuana can be in edibles, cookies, Mm. brownies. There's a lot of other forms that some of these things, and then of course, you could also have alcohol infused desserts. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make sure that your animal's not getting into these things because sometimes these alcohol infused desserts, that alcohol does not get burned out during the cooking process, like bourbon balls. It's not cooked out, it's put in after it's already made. So, paying attention to stuff like that, mm-hmm. candies, drinks, we put marijuana in everything nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a lot of other forms. So let's uh, briefly talk about different types of forms that we also have to be aware of. It's not just the actual herb and the actual liquid. Right. Well, I mean, with alcohol, obviously you have the drinks, but with marijuana, you can have, well, with both the alcohol and the marijuana, you can have different elixirs. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the edibles. I don't even know how many different kinds of edibles are out there. It's not something that I'm really familiar with. So, (laughs) but there's like also the medicinal marijuana too, that a lot of people are getting these days as well. And that you also have to be careful with, even if it's not the party marijuana. Mm -hmm. So you can have oils, you can have tinctures. You can have sprays and probably other forms that are out there as well. I I think there's also one that is, I forget, I I don't really remember what it's called, where it's kind of sort of in the bong. You kind of... It's kind of, I think, mixed in some water or something like that. And you sort of smoke it that way or something. Oh, yeah. Well, bongs have the water and most of the time. Yeah. This water does not get changed because it gets more and more potent as you use it. And if Mm. the animal can get into that liquid, then they're getting a massive dose of Mm -hmm. THC. So keep all of your paraphernalia away. If you're going to use any of that stuff, make sure the animal can't get into any of it. Right. And I know there have been people out there whose animals have gotten into it and their animals have quote unquote become stoned and they think it's hilarious. It's not. It's not. It can be extremely serious and it could kill them. Yes. It's not funny. So if you have friends and family members that think it's funny to have a drunk animal or a stoned animal, then don't include them in your festivities. Mm-hmm. Put your animal before that. So one of the things is that if your animal does get into one of these products, whether it's the drink or the edibles or any of these things, and you know for sure they've gotten into it, be completely honest with your vet. Don't try to be like, oh yeah, no, I don't really do that. Or yeah, my animal doesn't get into that kind of stuff. You know, don't try to hide it because they'll figure it out once they start doing testing, they'll be able to tell what is going on. But two things could happen. One, you could end up with really expensive a blood workup or medical workup along with the treatment that will go along with that because they have to do the diagnostic if you're not going to tell them the truth. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you're delaying telling the truth, your animal could get worse because you're delaying the treatment that can help them to get better. Yes. And we don't want that at all. Your vet does not care whether you add alcohol and marijuana in your home. Your vet only cares about your animal's well-being. Mm-hmm. And if you are being really sneaky and lying and untruthful to your vet, then that might throw up a red flag. Oh, you. yeah. And if a vet knows or feels that an animal is being abused, they could probably report you. But they're not going to report you for using the products in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's not their concern. Yeah, it's not their concern. They're only concerned about the animal's well-being and the animal's health. So be 
100% truthful with your vet. They are not going to get you into trouble for using those products, but they will get you into trouble if they suspect you're abusing your animal. Mm -hmm. So be honest, don't raise suspicion by lying because they're going to assume if you are being untruthful, they're going to assume the worst. Mm -hmm. So just be honest. If you use marijuana, if your dog or your cat ate some marijuana or ate an edible or drank some alcohol, you tell your vet. End of story, right? Sorry. I got on my box. I'm going to get down now. (laughs) I'm going to get down now. Shall we continue? Well, let's move on to the fireworks, parties, and music. Ah, oh, yes. This is a big one. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, you know, we have talked about it before. And in case you may not have discovered it for yourself, animals have extremely sensitive ears. And I mean, Mm -hmm. we know for ourselves that fireworks are pretty loud. You know, even if they're being set off quite a distance away from us, you can still hear them. And if you've got an animal that's really close by to fireworks that are being set off, that is going to really hurt their ears. But it's also a question of them not really understanding what's going on. You know, potentially they could become desensitized to it with some training and stuff. But I don't think that's really the point. Just because it could create, it can create intense fear for them. Yes. And you may end up losing your animal if your dog gets out because it's trying to protect itself because there's loud noises and it doesn't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So it's going to run away from the sound. Mm -hmm. There are so many stories of dogs that get lost on 4th of July, New Year's Eve, any of these holidays where fireworks are a thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. their first instinct is I need to protect myself. And that means I need to get away from here. Oh, yeah. And that goes with cats because cats can slip out of doors a lot easier than dogs can. They're sneaky and they want to get out. They will get out. Yeah. Which is also a really good reason to make sure that your animals are microchipped and that the information is up to date. Because if something like that happens and they do get out, good luck with trying to get them back if you don't have a way to identify them. Because if there's no tags and there's no microchip and there's no tattoo, it's very easy for somebody to say, oh, that's not your dog. Absolutely. Or your cat. And just want to say, if you missed our body modification thing, when she says tattoo, she's not talking about an actual tattoo. It's a very specific mark that a vet would put on the animal for identification's sake Mm -hmm. only. Right. Not for, let's put a nice little skull on my pit bull. No, it's not that. (laughs) It's just a small identification mark. Yeah. It basically just tells a person what vet the tattoo was done at so that they can contact that clinic and say, oh, we found this animal. Exactly. But there again, you have to keep the information up to date because if you don't keep information up to date for the tattoo or the microchip, it's basically useless. Yeah, absolutely. But there's some other things that could happen as well. Because if you are the type of person who wants to be able to set off your own fireworks and have noisemakers and stuff like that, if you've got those sitting around the house and it's in a place that could be accessible to your animal, well, they get curious. And they might try to investigate, they might try to get their mouths on these things, which could have really serious repercussions for them. Yes. Remember that animals explore their world with their nose Mm -hmm. and their mouth. Keep that in mind. Fireworks are poisonous. So keep them up high or locked away until you're ready to use them. Absolutely. Because only a little bit can make a big problem. Mm -hmm. And as well, running away and trying to escape is only one of the things that an animal might do as a reaction to this noise. Mm -hmm. Another thing they could do is they could try to self-soothe themselves. Now, we've talked about anxiety before, and one of the anxiety behaviors an animal can have is that they will lick themselves until they create a sore or chew or something like that, chewing on different things. So you could find damage in your home from them chewing on different things. And there could be other behaviors that they try to do as well as a response to or a reaction to these noises and to the fear and everything like that. So pay attention to your animal. If anything seems out of place in their behavior, Mm -hmm. look at it, track it back, try to figure out why they're destroying something that they never really destroyed before. And, And really just pay attention to your animal. 
and help them when they need help. Mm -hmm. So another thing to be aware of, if you're a party person and you like to have a lot of people at your home, or if you're bringing your animal to a party, this can also be really stressful for your animals especially if they're not used to being around a lot of people. But even if they are, they need to be able to have a place to go where it's quiet, where it's calm, where they can just relax and get away from everything. Mm -hmm. So if it's at your home, make sure that you have some place that's set up for your animal to go and make sure that you tell everybody that's there to not go to that location, that that is off limits. The animal will come out when it's ready to come out. Exactly. Yes. It's a little more challenging if you're going to somebody else's home though. So you might have to think, should I really be bringing my animal here or should I just leave them at home? Interjection from Victoria, leave the animal home. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you, you don't know when people are crowding together and celebrating anything can happen and it's an unpredictable space for your animal. Mm -hmm. Just leave them home. But if you don't, make sure that you keep the animal in view at all times and you do what you can to provide those safe spaces mm -hmm. for them. You know, talk with the host of wherever you're going, but just keep your animals home. Mm -hmm. Just don't. <laughs> because it's not only just the crowds that can be an issue. It can also be that they're in an unfamiliar surrounding. So mm -hmm. it can be really difficult for them to be able to relax and calm down what both being in an unfamiliar surrounding as well as being around a lot of people as well as not having a place to go where they can get away from everything. Yeah. It's like you completely change their routine. You're changing their environment. You're changing mm -hmm. everything. And that makes an animal feel insecure. Mm -hmm. An insecure animal is not going to behave the way you think it's going to behave at all times. And depending on the animal you have, some of them can become more insecure more easily than others. Because sometimes like, all it could take is just moving the furniture around a little bit. That can cre create a lot of anxiety for them. Like say if you're moving stuff around to make room for a buffet table or something like that, or you're trying to fit in more seating area or something. It may not seem like a big change to us, but for some animals that can be really, really stressful for them. So you need to know your animal. Oh yeah. And even if you think you know your animal, mm -hmm. expect that you don't because they are never, ever going to be a hundred percent exactly what you think mm -hmm. at all times. They have free will. They have choice. Something could trigger them and then they go into fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. It's just what animals do. If you have an animal or cat or a dog, that's always so sweet. It's always been around a lots of other people. One time they may be in that same situation and they may act completely different than you expect. Mm -hmm. And if you suddenly start noticing that your animal is behaving in a way that is unusual, that's a clue for you to look at, okay, what am I doing differently? Or how am I behaving differently? Is my energy different? You know, whatever. Something has shifted, something has changed, and your animal is reacting. Yeah. Because your animal is always going to look to you for cues as to whether it's safe or not. So if you are acting in a way that they perceive that they're not safe anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, don't know. I mean, just, you know, I know there are some people and I, I've seen them myself. It's like they, they want to do these get togethers and have people over, but then there are so stressed out. Oh, I got to get this out. Oh, I got to go. Oh, I got I haven't got this done. Oh, I got, you know, and they're just all over the place and they're just panicking and they're things have to be perfect. And, you know, yep. The animal sees that as, oh my gosh, there's no more routine. There's no more stability. I don't know what to do with this energy. What do I do? What do I do? And then they get stressed. Then they have the anxiety. Then they start destroying things or they run away or they lash yeah. out at somebody. <laughs> it's like they have so many ways that they can react to that chaotic energy mm -hmm. that you really have to be aware and present in every moment when you are dealing with your animal because that animal is looking to you. And if you are not what they're used to, that's going to be a position that the animal is not sure he wants to be in. Mm -hmm. 
Let's move to the last item or items, I guess. We mentioned food as well, but those were more like the intoxicating types of food. But if you are also planning on feeding the people that you're having over to your place, or could be the cleaning supplies that you're using to clean your home with to prepare for the get together. It could be the special plants you have in your home, like poinsettias and other holiday type plants, Mm -hmm. even things like cigarettes. These are all things that can cause harm to our animals if we are not paying attention, if we are allowing them to have access to them. I mean, every animal is different and not all of them are going to show an interest in everything. They're not necessarily going to get into it just because it's there, but you never know. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that we bring into our homes around the holidays. And when we do celebrations and parties, that really is not safe for your animal. Mm -hmm. And we have spoke over and over again about the different foods that animals cannot eat. So make sure that whatever food you prepare, you're not allowing your animal to eat from. Don't have your guests feed your animals the food that you're serving. They can't have a lot of our foods Mm -hmm. and they should never eat prepared foods like sauces and spicy things and all of the foods that we bring into our homes during the celebration. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go into detail, but they can be toxic and you they can create a situation where you are having to go to the emergency room with your animal. Yes. And to elaborate on the cleaning and that you might not really think, well, why would, why would your animals get into the cleaning supplies and stuff? But there's a lot of cleaners out there that are not safe for animals. They're not even really safe for us. We wash our floor with them and guess what? Your animals eat food off the floor. Yep. And some dogs, if they can reach the counter and even cats, if they jump on the counter, Mm -hmm. will lick food off the counter. Yes. So if you wash your counter down with a cleaner. Yeah. They're going to lick that counter to get the food off the counter and you're, they're going to get that cleaner into their mouth. Yeah. And then of course, when they walk on the floor, you wash the floor before the party and the cats and dogs, they're always going to lick their paws. Mm -hmm. They got something on it. Yeah. And also just make sure that, you know, if you are having like a bucket of cleaner or something like that, that you don't go and leave it unattended because they might think, oh, there's some water here. I'm going to drink a little bit or they might spill it or whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's just, there's a lot of things to think about and it's not to try to ruin your sense of fun or make you think you can't celebrate if you have an animal. It's just to make you more aware and better prepared so that you can have a more enjoyable celebration without any serious issues. Exactly. Exactly. We've said over and over, we're not here about fluff. We're here to give you all of the information so you can use it in your life with your animals to help your animals be safer. We're not telling you to not have a party. Well, I, I, I told you to stay <laughs> home and keep your animals home. But, you know, I mean, we're not saying don't celebrate, you know, celebrate to your heart's content. Honestly, just don't forget your animals. Yeah. Don't think that everything is going to be fine because it's holidays and everything should be perfect because you know what? Nothing's going to be perfect. And if you're not paying attention to your animal, you may be creating a situation where your animal could possibly get sick and end up having to be brought to the emergency room or possibly die. Mm -hmm. That's just the straight facts. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that we have to be aware of. So celebrate all you want. Just do it consciously and make sure that you are aware of everything around you. Don't get stuck in that spinning wheel of everything's got to be perfect. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then your animal is left wondering what the heck's going on. That's all we're saying. Mm -hmm. So we are going to talk about some tips that you can apply to your celebrations and your festivities. So let's start with the biggest one, Mm. learning to recognize if your animal is anxious and stressed. We talk about this all of the time because anxiety and stress are the key factors in almost every situation where an animal's behavior may be questioned or complained about or misunderstood. Mm. So let's talk about how to recognize anxiety and stress in our animals. Mm -hmm. These ones that we're talking about are not all encompassing. 
your animal could have a variety of behaviors that we're not listing here. The main thing is to notice if your animal is behaving in a way that is different from normal. That would be the Mm -hmm. key thing, that it's different and it's not something that they normally do. But some of the things that they could potentially do is they might start running back and forth when there's loud noises and become very unsettled. Yeah, like they might lay down, then get up, then lay down, then get up, then lay down, get up, move to the other side of the room, move to the next side of the room, go to this corner, that that corner, try to lay down, get comfortable, and then get back up and try to find another place because they're looking for a safe place. Right. Or going from room to room to room to room or up and down the stairs. And yeah, you know, the thing is, is not to get angry at them and yell at them and be like, would you settle down? And, you know, it's important for you to stop and be like, why is my animal behaving this way? He doesn't normally do that. And I will add, use compassion too when you're dealing with your animal. Even if you don't understand If you are compassionate to the animal, then the animal will start to feel a little bit more secure if they know that you've got their back. Yeah. And maybe even just trying to sit with them for a little bit, just try to sit with them and have some calming energy with them might help, but they could also have other behaviors. Like they could be panting really heavily. Panting can also be signs of other things too, if they've gotten into something. So Mm -hmm. be aware it's not maybe just a stress behavior. It could be a sign that they're not feeling well. Yes. And don't think that dogs panting is normal because yeah, they do pant a little bit when they're excited, but if it's excessive, that is not normal. Mm -hmm. Shaking is another one that is one that can either be on the side of stress, or it could suggest that there is some health issue going on. Mm -hmm. Other things that they could do is they could be barking continually, or maybe not continually, but it's off on, off on, off on, off on. They could be hiding, particularly with cats. If you haven't seen your cat for a while, go find them or try to find them. I mean, sometimes they can make it really difficult to find them. If they have a hiding spot that you're not aware of, they can be really good at hiding when they don't want to be found. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And if you set up the sanctuary before you have people over your house, then at least the animal may go there first because you've set it up for them. Mm -hmm. And again, there's the destructive behavior, which we had mentioned in the first half, which could be the self-soothing behavior. So they're causing harm to themselves, thus destructive, or they're doing something to the home, you know, whether it's to the furniture, to the floors, chewing up a cord or whatever. So those are all things to pay attention to. So let's talk about the sanctuary that we've mentioned a few times. Another option is to avoid having fireworks or lots of people at your home. So you don't necessarily need to have a sanctuary, but it's still a good idea for other times throughout the year where you might want to have a few people over that might be Mm -hmm. still more people than what your animal is used to. Yep. I will not have a home without a space for my animal to go to. It's just part of owning an animal. Mm -hmm. At least that's my opinion, Mm -hmm. but you should always, no matter what, even if you are not ever going to have people in your house, the animal still needs a place to go where they feel safe and secure and can get away from things. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of people coming to my house, but I live in the middle of a city and sometimes my neighbors are throwing fireworks into the air and all that stuff. And my animals need a place that they can go where they feel secure. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm not doing it, my neighbors are, Yeah, but they still feel insecure. So they need a place to go. So always have a sanctuary all year round Mm -hmm. for your animal. So on the very basis level, it should be giving them someplace comfortable where they can go lay down. Mm -hmm. It should be something that has probably low low lighting or at least adjustable lighting uh, for them. So it's not like they have to be either completely in the dark or in completely bright light. So maybe it could be like where they lie down, it could be something maybe that's covered so they can go in and out of it, Mm -hmm. like a kennel or something and make sure that the temperature is comfortable. These are a few things to consider and maybe and also be a good idea to have some water there so that they can easily have water without having to go out into the stressful, chaotic area to get their water. So those are the very basics, but there are some other things that you can do as well to help to calm them when they are feeling stressed and not being able to deal deal with the noise or the chaos, because sometimes it might take a little bit more than just having a place to go. Absolutely. Do a lot of things just 
naturally when we play a lot of calming music. Mm -hmm. I will never leave my house completely silent. There's always going to be something for the animals, even if it's just the TV, mm-hmm. you know, that background noise that they're used to. Mm-hmm. It helps them feel like they're still in their routine. Mm-hmm. And YouTube has some videos where they, I've never really listened to it, but it's videos that they say are for the cats and the dogs to listen to. So mm-hmm. perhaps it has birds chirping or different nature noises or something like that, along with some music. But another thing you can do is try to muffle the noise that's coming into the room that they're in or the area that they're in as much as possible. So having closed room is probably the best for that. You can put blankets on the walls or, you know, close curtains and stuff like that, which will help to muffle anything that's coming from the outside. Mm -hmm. Or you can maybe drape it over top of their kennel or something like that, as long as it's not going to make them too hot, because you have to be aware of that as well. And any music or sound that you're playing, whether it's on YouTube, the TV, the radio or whatever, make sure that it's a comfortable volume, because remember, they've got really sensitive ears. So what might be considered comfortable for us might not be as great for them. So it could help to create a distraction for them. Mm-hmm. Another distraction that could help being a distraction as well as helping to muffle the noise is turning on a fan or air conditioning to help block out the noise. That's what we've done for our cats when like a 4th of July with the fireworks. We turn all of the, I mean, a lot of times we only use one air conditioner at a time, but when it's 4th of July, when people are shooting off fireworks, we have mm-hmm. them all on. We have every single AC unit on and we have fans running just to muffle that sound. And mm-hmm. it does help. And you don't even have to have it on cold. You can just have it set to the Mm -hmm. fan mode where it's just bringing in fresh air. But that noise of the AC units definitely Mm -hmm. can help. It helps for our cats during the last couple 4th of Julys have been really loud here. And it's really helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Another thing that could be helpful for them is to create a place where they can go hide. So maybe if you create their safe place or the sanctuary in the bedroom, then they have the option of being able to go under the bed when they're feeling a little bit fearful. Mm -hmm. But that's also where maybe a kennel or something like that can also be beneficial as well. So set something up like that for them. Something that could also help to calm them and relax them a little bit more so that they're not so wound up with what's going on is trying to tire them out with mental and physical activity. Mm, That's a good idea. They'll be more relaxed during the party. Yeah. Well, relaxed as in I'm tired. I need to go to sleep. Relaxed. (laughs) And then they might just want to go off to their sanctuary anyways and just spend most of the time there. Yeah. So you could take your dog for a really good walk or run in the park or whatever a few hours before the festivities start. But there is the possibility that there could be people who are testing out their fireworks during the day. So if you Mm -hmm. are taking your dog out within the city, keep them on a leash because otherwise they might be startled and they'll take off on you. Well, they shouldn't be walking their animal, not on a leash. They should always be on a leash. Yeah, but I know a lot of people don't. (laughs) I know. What doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. I don't care how disciplined and how disciplined you think your animal is. Oh, my dog won't run off. Well, somebody throws off a bottle rocket as you're walking down the street. Guess what? Your dog's not going to stick by your side. It's going to run off Mm -hmm. because it doesn't know it's a firework. It just knows it's a really loud noise and it has to protect Mm -hmm. himself. Always have a leash. Always have a leash. Yes. And if you've got a cat or other types of pets, whether it's birds or bunnies, rabbits, hamsters, whatever, maybe not so much with the fish and the reptiles perhaps, but, (laughs) but you can engage with them and help to tire them out with mental and physical activities as well. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, it requires some planning. It requires some effort on your part to set aside the time to do that with them but it's well worth the effort. Oh yeah. Cause it, when you engage with your animals, you create a connection and that helps them feel more secure. They will look to you for security. And the more you spend time with them, the more secure they will feel mm-hmm. just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
just saying <laughs> both during before after they need attention mm-hmm. they just need attention yeah just find different ways to try to help distract them as well, especially when it's during. Oh yeah. But you also want to avoid coddling them if they're starting to show signs of fear and anxiety. And we've talked about this before because you've talked about that with, with your cats, Mm -hmm. how, you know, you don't want to encourage the behaviors that are connected with the anxiety and stress. Yeah. You don't want to baby your animals Mm -hmm. because they're looking for attention. And if they're going to be acting out, you know, in fear and anxiety and you give them a lot of attention, you're just going to perpetuate that behavior because the animal is going to say, oh, I'm getting what I want if I act like this. Right. So you want to walk that thin line of I'm here for you. I'm supporting you but you are safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can just talk to them, monitor your own energy and behaviors around them. Try to be as upbeat as possible around them. And if you're really feeling, if you're not feeling upbeat and you're feeling kind of down, well, then that's something to look at as well. Mm -hmm. You might have to ask yourself, well, why are we doing this in the first place? (laughs) (laughs) And there's other methods as well that can be used to help with calming them. We'll talk about a couple of those uh, in a moment here. The most important thing is to keep all of your routines as regular as possible. Mm -hmm. If they are used to going for a walk this time and that time, stick to it as much as possible. If they are used to eating at a certain time, stick to it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. They like routine. They like structure. Mm -hmm. And they look to us for that because that means security. Mm -hmm. I keep saying that, but I'm going to repeat it over and over again. They look to you for security. Mm -hmm. They're going to look to you and say, am I safe? So the more you keep their routines normal, the more structure they have, the more secure they're going to feel because you are keeping in line with what they expect. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't affect their routine too much, you can consider feeding them a couple of hours before, before the festivities start, before the people start coming over and that, because then if there is food available, which hopefully they still don't have access to, but they might be less inclined to want to go after it if they've eaten. Yeah. If the animal's not hungry, it's not going to go trying to eat your food. Yeah. <laughs> but I know there's some dogs out there that are like voracious eaters and it's like, <laughs> they'll be begging no matter what. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. But that's a behavior that we encourage. Yes. Encourage. Yes. yes. So most of what we talk about usually ends up pertaining to dogs and cats, but all of these tips that we talk about, well, maybe there's a couple that don't necessarily apply, but a lot of the ones that we talk about can be for any animal, any kind of pet that you have, even fish. You know, we don't think too much about fish because we don't think too much about them. We just like, ah, they're in a tank. Just give them some food, make sure their tank is clean. Good enough. But they can get stressed as well, you know, and I don't know a whole lot about fish. I don't know how sensitive their hearing is. I don't know if, if it could even be louder through the water or or I have no idea, but anyways. Well, the way sound moves through the water, you have to, I mean, a fish is not going to see everything clearly through the glass mm-hmm. of the aquarium. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to see shapes and lights and whatever and everything. If you think about how we hear underwater, everything is muffled. Right. So the sound waves don't move as quickly, but they do continue. Mm-hmm. And that can cause stress. From my own experience with having fish, a stressed fish is a sick fish Mm -hmm. because they get certain illnesses when they are stressed physically, emotionally, and mentally that are very difficult to treat sometimes. Mm -hmm. So definitely keep it in mind. It may not be at the same level as a cat or a dog with their hearing as sensitive as those are, but those sound waves, it'll still go through the tank, move through the water and create stress for the fish. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that could be thought of ahead of time is that maybe the living room is not the best place for a fish tank. Maybe it's better off being in a bedroom or a side room somewhere where the door can be shut 
Mm-hmm. And the light can be controlled in that too, because you can turn the light off in the fish tank, but if all the lights are in the living room, it's not going to do a whole lot. So, yeah. And then of course, most of the lights that are in fish tanks are necessary for the fish's health. So they're UV lights. So they have mm. certain, I don't think every fish tank like it's like that, but I know when I had fish, it was, you kind of want the fish tank light on. I would turn it off at night, but then turn it back on during the daytime. Right. So basically, you know, if you are somebody who has fish, because neither Victoria or I are are experts in the area of fish. So you might have to do some research on your own and find out what kind of things can you do to help reduce the stress in your fish to keep them as healthy as possible. Yeah. And I do have to add that lizards, snakes, turtles, they get stressed really easily. And when they get stressed, they also get sick. Yes. So make sure that people aren't messing with snakes snakes should not be right out in the open anyway lizards should not they're very sensitive to a lot of things Mm -hmm. so yeah all animals will get stressed in your house if you do not take care of them Mm -hmm. that's just the way it is our way of living is not normal for them yes so instinctually when things happen in our home they may go into a fight or flight type of position or, you know, behavior. Mm -hmm. And that is something to keep in mind. So no matter what animal you have, what species you have in your house, keep them in mind. Always be compassionate to their well-being and understand that them just being in our world is stressful to begin with. Mm -hmm. We don't need to make it any worse. Mm -hmm. And if you've got like, um, hamster gerbil or something like that where they're in sort of a cage type housing then maybe putting a cover over top could be helpful for them which it could be calming as long as you're making sure that it's not going to overheat them because that's you always have to be careful of the temperature as well so absolutely and the light yeah if you do all of this stuff and you're really attentive and you're paying attention to your animal's emotional needs, you still need to check on your animals periodically to make sure they are okay, Mm -hmm. to make sure they are not super stressed, to make sure they're not sitting in a corner of a room shaking. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen your animal in a while, go check on them. Mm -hmm. But only you. Don't send somebody else because they may not be used to that person. Mm-hmm. You go check on your animal because you are your animal's security blanket. Mm-hmm. I remember, it's a little slightly off topic, I guess, but I remember when I was um, looking after somebody's cats this one time, this one cat was always, always hiding. Every time I went there, I could not find the cat. I had no idea where where it was going. So it's like, I had no idea if the cat was even okay. And I had to, I had to tell the owner that I'm like, you know, I'm giving the food and water and stuff like that, but there's not really anything else I can do because I don't know where to look for this cat. Yeah. So if you're not, if you've got a lot of places that could be potential hiding places, you might end up having the same situation with your, so Another thing that you can try to help with your animal feeling stress and anxiety is there's these shirts that you can put on. There's a, there's a brand called Thundershirt, but there's also other brands out there as well that provide the same similar type of thing. I guess it's supposed to be sort of like the same sort of idea of swaddling a child Mm -hmm. and that's supposed to provide comfort. I know people who swear by thunder shirts, Mm -hmm. but I also have heard that not every dog responds to a thunder shirt the same way, Right, but you're doing something. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. You're doing something. You're putting your animal ahead or you're thinking of the animal and that goes a long way. Mm And as I said, there's a lot of different things you can try and you can do multiple things at the same time. You can always sit with your animal, you know, for a little while, if they're, whether they're stressed because of what's going, you know, things that you're doing or feeling or whatever, or if it's because of noises, but just trying to sit with them and trying to be calm with them and stuff like that could go a long way. Yeah. And for cats, you can also use feel away. Yes. That works really great for my cats. I don't know about if the dog version is as successful Mm -hmm. as the feel away for cats, but it does help Mm -hmm. a great deal. Yeah. If you've tried everything 
else that you can kind of just do on your own, and those things don't seem to really be helping, then find a holistic vet, or at least talk to somebody who is an expert in holistic options. I mean, it should be a vet because if they're going to prescribe something, it needs to come from them to be able to assist with calming. I mean, there is the option of sedation, but I would say that's the absolute last resort. Absolutely. Yeah. Last resort. And if you can like choose not to have a party or people over or something like that to help calm them, as opposed to giving them a sedative drug, I would highly suggest not having the party or the crowd or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know at this point in time, my cat is not good with anybody else in this house, except for my husband and myself. And Mm -hmm. because we know that we don't Mm -hmm. have people over our house. We just don't. She's a pandemic cat. She does not know what it's like to have somebody else in my house, except for me and my husband. Mm -hmm. So we don't bring people into the house. I mean, we're going to try to slowly introduce things here and there, but If your animal really struggles and has extensive anxiety and extensive and massive stress, don't have people over your house, period. I know people like to celebrate the holidays and celebrate New Year's, but if your animal can't handle it, don't do it. Just don't do it. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) We like to talk about the ideal situations. Yes, we do. And obviously I have an awful lot of opinions on these matters, but <laughs> but you know what? We're just trying to give you all the information that you need so you mm-hmm. can make the choices for you and your family. That's all we're here to do. Yeah, I'm super opinionated. Yes, I get a lot of soapboxes. Yes, I'm ready to shove my finger <laughs> in your face and say, no, you don't do that. But... <laughs> We're not trying to make you think like us. We just want to give you all of the information so you can make the best choice for your animal. Yeah. And we just hope that if you're listening to the show, we, that you feel your animal is important enough to take their well-being into consideration. Yep. And you do what you need to do mm-hmm. to help and support your animal. So before we close the show, we've got a few little points that we want to bring up. So Obviously, we talk a lot about awareness and we talk about keeping a journal and paying attention to your animal. Mm -hmm. You need to look at your animal's behavior throughout the lifetime of the animal and figure out how easy it's going to be for your dog to, quote unquote, get away if it needs to get away. Mm -hmm. Look at your house. Look at the environment. What do I need to do? To help my animal stay safe. Mm-hmm. You analyze how easy it might be for your, your animal to run outside if they get scared and put the things in place to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Avoid leaving your pets tethered and chained in the backyard, especially when there's fireworks going oh, on. Oh yeah. Bring them inside, give them a safe space. And we cannot say it enough. No matter what you do, Make sure you're you are microchipping your animal, and that the ID in that chip is up to date. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have people in the house, put a collar on them. We don't recommend you leave a collar on your dog all the time, mm-hmm. but in certain situations like this, if they're not microchipped, put a collar on them so they have their tags. So if anything happens, they escape. They can come back home. Mm-hmm. Prepare the foundation for the worst to happen. <laughs> Definitely. You can't predict what's going to happen. Don't try. So prepare your animal. And you know, all of this might seem like a lot of work to you, a lot of effort, and maybe you might not feel it's worth it, whatever your thoughts might be on that. But I think that if you start getting into the habit of doing this and you get things set up, it's not going to create that much effort in the future. It's going to be something that you recognize is beneficial and you, that you want to do it's that it's going to help strengthen your bond with your animal or animals, you know, just like anything that's got a lot of steps. When you're first learning how to do a whole bunch of different things, it's, it seems so hard and so tedious. And it's like, ah, this is so much work. 
But once you get into the habit of it, it tends to go a lot faster, a lot more smoothly, and just doesn't seem so challenging anymore. It becomes normal. Yeah. It's just normal. You did that's just what you do. And you don't even have to think about it. It's just the new way of being. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a lot of thought. You know, yeah, it takes a lot to get yourself prepared in the front of everything, mm-hmm. but you continue to do it and then it becomes second nature. There's no thought. It's just how life is. And both you and your animal can breathe easy, no matter what comes across your plate, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like you're prepared. The foundations are there. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to worry so much. It's just the way it ends up being, like I said, second nature. Mm -hmm. So let's leave you with a thought since, you know, a lot of us are really big into setting resolutions when it comes to the new year. Mm -hmm. What about if you were to think about a resolution of what shifts you think you would like to make when it comes to your pet's care? That's a good one. I like that resolution (laughs) because you got to start somewhere. So what better, what better time than New Year's Eve? New Year's Day, the beginning of the new year. And, you know, you don't have to make like some huge major change. Just Just think of something that you have heard us talk about. Think about what what is it that you feel you could easily start doing differently? Something that is not going to challenge you overly much. And because, you know, I I think that's what a lot of us do when we create resolutions. We create the, make this huge major change. Oh, I'm going to lose so many pounds by such and such, or I'm going to exercise every day or whatever, you know, we make these huge commitments and then we fall off because we can't maintain it. So find something that you feel you can maintain. Yeah. Baby steps, baby steps, 10% changes, 1% changes, as long as you're doing something in the direction of where you would like to see ultimately. Mm -hmm. And I guess we're going to leave you with that. Mm -hmm. So think about it. Maybe your resolution this year is you have one for your animals. What are you going to do? I like that. I think I'm going to do that myself. <laughs> what What can I do this year? What resolution can I, I can make my cat's life better? Mm. I like that. That's a perfect way to end the show. <laughs> so I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any questions, make sure to email us at theanimalfilespodcast at gmail.com or you can join our Facebook group the animal files community and follow us at our page Mm -hmm. the animal files official and we also have a twitter at the animal files so you can find us there too look at us (laughs) getting all social (laughs) (laughs) all right so have a wonderful new year everyone be safe and we will see you after the new year bye for now Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.